you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the League Podcast refuses to discuss the British Bulldog. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Happy Monday, if there is such a thing. It's been a busy Monday. Mark pulled the uh, I'll take off the day where the franchise tags had to be officially handed out. <laughs> hey, uh, I don't make the schedule. Move. So he comes in, he waltz, and he, you know, he looked relaxed. Ran a 5K today. Did you? Mm-hmm. A, a race out of nowhere with no training? No, on a treadmill. Oh. Against oh, no a one. a personal 5K. That's, that's right. That's not a 5K. That'd be uh, like saying... Distance-wise, it was a 5K. That connotates a race. But still, I see, I won. I see where you're <laughs> coming from. And I, and I remarked right before we began today <laughs> that you look different. There's something going on. Right. You have the glow of a man that is getting healthy. Well, Dan and I go to the same gym. I haven't seen you there, but that's, no. I assume that's because you were here. Yeah, well, I was in at 5 a.m. at the gym. I did two or three hours, and then I came straight right. here. Yeah, right. so. I can get. I smell your scent when I'm there. I can tell that Dan's been there. I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> I know. Uh, all right, so yes, today is a big day. Um, this was the deadline Monday for franchise tags to be handed out, and uh, they were handed out, but not not a lot of them. So we're going to get into that. We're going to start there, actually. Uh, we're also going to do some other news around the league, and then we're going to get back into the laboratory and uh, go over the top 10 wide receivers, uh, free agency primer, get the scientists going at each other, hopefully. Um, but why don't we start with the news with the franchise tag uh, on our website, nfl.com backslash ATL. Uh, we have our franchise tag tracker, and I'm holding it in my hand right now. I printed it up, and the tags were applied, gentlemen. Jimmy Graham. Official. Official. Greg Hardy of the Panthers. Brian Arakbo of the Redskins. As we, we already knew, Nick Folk with the Jets. And then there were two transition tags. Alex Mack, center, Cleveland Browns, Mark Sessler. You were probably at the gym working out. No, I was reading Roto World point. when that landed. Oh, okay. Roto World? Whoa. What about our site? I go there because it, I get instant news and I get the analysis from our site. Okay. And then, <laughs> wow, backpedaling. <laughs> yeah, yikes. And then the Steelers. Have you been talking to them about Listen, I was on my phone. Or something? I was should on we, my phone. Should we be worried? Greg, you created that monster and it, it's efficient. So. Wait, this would be good. Uh, we were talking about leverage before the podcast. This would be good for leverage to get. An, wait, yeah. I don't want to go down this road, actually. <laughs> I have no leverage. Um, <laughs> finally, the Steelers use their transition tag. On outside linebacker Jason World. So, gentlemen, I throw it to you. Who wants to get going? What do you take out of these these moves? Well, I think the big move is Nick Folk uh, staying with the Jets. <laughs> got him. Got to lock him down. I thought Cumby was going to get the championship tag, but... contender type of move to make sure. Hey, we got this guy Folk. 
could sign a Isn't big it cute 50. That no, the I'm Patriots fan that real that may not realize that the window is just about shut now, and Tom Brady wow. walking with a limp at this stage. You know, keep making your Jets joke. Franchising you your kicker left. is often a prudent move. No, it's it costs fine. almost no money. I'm not criticizing. It totally makes sense. It's fine. <laughs> Who cares? Let's talk Jason Worlds. This was a a surprise. Should we should we explain the transition tag? Because the transition tag is quite a bit different. Than the franchise I think so. Tag. It's so rare. I think it's yes. very important to. There are some people in this room that don't even know what the transaction transition. The gold standard, gold our standard producer behind the, behind the glass. Do you know what the transition tag is, Zach? I don't know what the transition tag is. Well, it's essentially a cheaper version of the franchise tag. It's twenty percent less than the franchise tag number, and it gives you the right. And it basically, so Alex Mack, for instance, who was given the trans- transition tag uh, by the Browns, he now can sign a one-year, $10 million tender. Would have been about a million and a half more if it was the franchise number. But he can go around with his agent, shop his services, and sign a contract with any old team out there. And the difference here is the Browns will have five days to match it. And if they don't match it, they get nothing in return, which is... Sort of bizarre, uh, but that's what it is. And it's a deterrent, I think, to other teams negotiating for the Browns. So the risk here, if you're the Patriots, let's say they wanted Alex Mack, they sign Mack to a five-year, $50 million contract, and the Browns take four days, and then they say, okay, we'll match it, and you just wasted two weeks. Right, whereas maybe the Browns would have spent – more money on him if the Patriots didn't get involved in that hypothetical scenario. It does feel like in the Mac angle that he sat down with the team over the weekend and they tried to win him back over because I think he's clearly one of the guys that was unhappy with probably five years of losing, but also just what was happening recently. I think they couldn't get him to agree to anything. The agent basically said, there's no way where you let us go to market. And this is the closest thing they can do to protect him to some degree. Well, they could have just placed the franchise tag on him, though. Well, you can do that. And then yeah. you pretty much prevent any team from signing him. If you want to sign him under the franchise tag, you have to give up two first-round draft picks. That's prohibitive. No one's going to do that. So it's a little bit of the roll of the dice. You save a little money. Maybe in this case, you keep the player a little happier, and they can go out and see their value. And maybe the Browns are confident that their offer to Alex Mack is fair it's a good offer, and he'll go find that out when he goes out into free agency. And just the difference, so you know, and I'll use Nick Folk as an example because it would be really funny. <laughs> if, let's say, the Mark's Cleveland Browns were to offer Nick Folk a contract, um, the Jets would get two number one picks for the Browns, <laughs> and you would get Nick Folk and the contract you signed him to. Uh, it's essentially it doesn't unless, sound like a good deal. No, unless that someone is a went non-exclusive after... Franchise tag. I mean, I could see one team potentially <laughs> saying we are going to pick 31st, 32nd. We're that confident over the next two years. We're going to make a run, and we're going to go after Jimmy Graham. Forget the first round. We talked about this in the newsroom. My team would be the Packers. But uh, otherwise, it's a to sealed go after door Jimmy Graham. That, right? Yes. If you're a general manager, Jimmy Graham's out there. You're you're Ted Thompson. You would do that. You would give up two first-round picks? I'm Crazy. Ted Thompson, so I'm armed with the knowledge that I have actually picked better in the third and fourth rounds than I have in the late first rounds over the years. So you th- do you think it's realistic that any team does this? No, I don't. I think no. the Packers make the most sense, but I think Ted Thompson would never give up draft picks. 
here's the thing, though. They're not just giving up draft picks. They're giving up the highest contract for a tight end in league history and two first-round exactly, picks. Exactly, yes. Well, that's a lot. I don't, know. Up, I don't know if I'd do that for even for Jimmy Graham. You're that's giving close, up though. guys like Nick Perry and Derek Sherrod. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also have to give up probably, what would you guess Jimmy Graham will end up making, $12 million a year? Right. It's yeah. a huge portion of your cap, especially if you have a quarterback like Rodgers. But- I like Wes's idea that you could actually just give up two of your past first-round picks. Mm, yeah, you could select them. <laughs> what about um, the Washington Redskins? Do you think there was ever a thought that they would actually let Arakbo uh, potentially hit the open market without any type of uh, safety lock on him? Well, they, what? they want us to believe that, but I never thought that. The listeners should know I put my softball pants on the yeah. line again. That was a sneaky softball pants move Mark by might not Wes. even be aware of this unless that. he was Mark on was Twitter in the gym. this morning. Mark was just working out hard, sweating profusely, while Wes, just out of nowhere, all willy-nilly, tweeted out that if the Redskins did not place a tag on a rackbow, he was going to eat his softball pants. Will Chris Wessling eat his softball pants? I, I get a little fired up when these things that are totally <laughs> – I just want to point out the absurdity of things. There's no way – there are national reporters <laughs> saying the Redskins aren't going to tag a rackbow when it's the only move they had. I like this term, national reporters. You know who you're thinking of. You just try not to call people out national reporters. There, I thought there were several. There were reports all over the place on Arakpo. You That was risky, though. I mean, whereas the Raiders, it would have been a huge upset to win six games. Arakpo, I thought you were right. I thought you were going to be right, but you just kind of threw that out there this morning. I mean, we could have been sauteing up things well, if you this noticed, afternoon. If you notice, I didn't <laughs> send it out to my whole Twitter followers. I only sent it out to the ATL oh. account. It doesn't matter. We would have made you eat the pants. <laughs> That's true. It, it would have been crazy to me for them to let Arakpo go, though. They have no homegrown talents over the last 10 years. They finally make a good draft pick and you let him walk. It would almost be as crazy as what the Raiders did, I think. Mm. Well, that's a great transition, Mark. Showing that you come into the office on your off day, but you're still sharp as a tack. Um, not, a, not everyone that maybe we expected to get franchised did. And we could start with the Oakland Raiders. Um, defensive end Lamar Houston and tackle Jared Veld here. Two guys that are impact players for this team. They have plenty of cap room. Reggie McKenzie finally has some wiggle room, and he does not put the tag on either. How do we make sense of this? I just teed up Reggie McKenzie on an article. Ooh. Well, I think he deserves it. I don't it's what are they doing? As in, as enticing a tease as that was to go to our website, can you explain some of your yes. Reggie McKenzie? He's been given opinion? a man he's been given a mandate by his owner. Start winning, stop making excuses. He has more salary cap money than anybody in the league. These are two free agents who are in our top 10 on our list. I thought Houston played at a Pro Bowl level last year. Veldier missed a lot of the season but played at a Pro Bowl level the year before that. Two guys still in their prime in the top five or six maybe at their positions. If mm. you consider Houston a 3-4 end, maybe maybe top five. And he's just going to let him hit the market? No but, team has more holes in the NFL than the Raiders when you have uh, the opportunity. They're just to keep, one big hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Black hole. When you keep those guys in house, you have plenty of other work to do, but instead he's risking the potential of having even more holes. The goal is to win a Lombardi trophy, not 
to acquire the most salary cap space. Maybe if, he thinks he gets any extra money that's left over. Yeah, I think if you're a Raiders <laughs> fan, if you're a Raiders fan, you heard from Valdir last month that he said the team has shown no urgency and even reaching out to try to strike a long-term deal. So that doesn't give a lot of confidence that something's happening between now and the 11th of March. But also, left tackle, one of the toughest positions to fill if you lose a guy with promise. Well, here's how I look at rosters. In the NFL, there isn't much difference between an average NFL starter and a high-end reserve. There is a huge difference between a high-end starter and an average starter. The guys you want to keep are guys like Houston and Valdir who are in their prime. The goal for consistent winning, you draft, develop, and keep. The Raiders have drafted and developed two players. They have the resources to keep them, and apparently they're opting against them. They're their best two players. Who's better on the Raiders than those two guys? I don't even think it's close. Houston jumped out week after week last year for that defense. I got to think that Valdir is going to sign a contract before free agency. I I, I at least want to wait before I kill them. Yeah, they must know something, right? I just think that maybe Raiders fans better hope you don't want to set the average price for that contract at whatever the franchise number is, which is really high for a tackle. In fairness to the Raiders, and maybe they feel like they're close on a deal and they'll get it done. I think Lamar Houston's gone and. I think he'll get paid if, a lot of money. If they were close on Valdir, didn't you think it was a little ominous that Ian Rappaport, our NFL media insider, reported that there was no communication with Valdir today in advance of the franchise Which is what on. he said himself leading up, that, he's heard, that he had heard nothing from the team. I just find it odd. At one aside, I had said on Friday's show that Ian would be in studio today. That is a clear indication that I don't read email properly. Miscommunication. Ian will be in next Monday. Just know that society. Wow. I, I'm surprised people even were still listening. Yeah, all the rap sheet fans that were hanging on this appearance <laughs> are going to be Like, where is he? How come he hasn't been introduced yet? All right, let me go over the rest of um, you know the notable names that did not receive the tag. We kind of knew this from Sunday, but the uh, Bills announced formally they won't use their tag on anyone, including safety Jairus Bird, who is now the number one overall free agent uh, on the free agency top 101, right? And there are some intriguing landing spots for him, starting with Marks Browns, where his former head coach, or a former defensive coordinator is now the head coach. His former... What about my team, too? Jets make some sense. No, 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 no. no. It all goes back to the 2010 Jets. The (laughs) Eagles cleared up, have taken care of their offense, have a major need at safety, and their coach just happened to coach him in college. And his father, Gilbert, is the secondary coach Ooh. for the Buccaneers now. Interesting. Ooh. Wow. Great. We put things. him in that Buccaneer secondary. That's a scary. Dropping the Gilbert. <laughs> Gilbert, I believe, at least a, two, a one or two time Pro Bowler with the Chargers back are, in the day. Are you happy with this potential thought that the Browns saw what was going on with Jairus Bird? Maybe this or uh, ten, you know, group of executives in Cleveland feel a little differently about T.J. Ward than Michael Lombardi and Rob Chudzinski and whoever did, that they're going to let T.J. Ward go to the market. They're going to transition Alex Mack, and maybe it's all a setup to try to get Bird instead. I think Bird is an up. I don't like when you are a team without much talent where you (laughs) remove a talented player and just fill him with it. I'd like to see them have two good safeties, not just one, but Bird is an upgrade over Ward. Ward, I think, is more of a in-the-box run stopper. But, you know, Pettin said that his two safeties are interchangeable. There's not really a strong and a free safety. But I'll take Bird healthy over Ward. And I think Ward would go to the Eagles, frankly. Earl Thomas, 
and mm. Cam Chancellor, not Earl Thomas or Cam Chancellor. Jairus I, Bird I, is going to get with so much money in this market, a safety that can cover, because he's going to get treated like a top 10 cornerback, because ultimately that's what safeties like him are at this point. They're just being asked to cover. But they must have, de- they must have watched Ward's tape, and I think he's had some suspicious play previous to this season where he got hurt a lot, his coverage is shaky, hmm. and maybe they felt this guy is not a Pro Bowl safety. He's just among a weaker class of safeties in the AFC. I think, or, or they just loved Mac too. I just well, and that part's a positive. I liked Greg uh, giving a Browns uh, front office official the benefit of the doubt. I like that because that usually typically it doesn't work out, but maybe it will this time. I'm maybe turning, they know what they're doing. <laughs> I'm turning a new corner. Um, and, all right, just a few more before we move on. Uh, Vontae Davis didn't get tagged. That was was that a surprise to us? No, I think they had pretty much said they weren't going to tag him, so that wasn't a surprise. The cornerback crop is very deep. Not quite as deep because Brent Grimes got signed today. I guess we'll talk about that in a bit, but he's one of many guys out there. The uh, tackle Eugene Monroe with the Ravens? That was a surprise to me. A week ago, I would have thought they were at least trying to get something done before or they tag him. Number two with a bullet on our top 101. So we remove all the franchise-tagged players from our top 101 list. I think Eugene Monroe is now the top offensive lineman available, and he's going to make a lot of money. And, man, I'd be worried if I was the Ravens losing him. I'm not too worried about losing Michael Orr, but now I would consider an upset if Monroe returns to their team. Well, speaking of benefit of the doubt, I'm okay with kind of – Wondering what the heck Reggie McKenzie is doing, but also saying I'm sure Ozzie Newsom has a plan. Mm. Last year, look at all the upheaval they had, and he still had a plan, and people loved what he ended up doing in the offseason. He's been one of the best in the business for 15 years now. I only think it's a shame, though, because they gave up multiple draft picks for him in what was you know some, something of a lost season. They were still in the race when they, when they pulled that move, but... If he they signs viewed him else, as their left tackle of the future. If he signs elsewhere, they'll get compensatory to picks. So. And there are. It's a nice left tackle market. There's a couple of guys out there. All right. The gold standard behind the glass. How are you, buddy? Good, thanks. How was your weekend? Yeah, pretty uneventful. Did you watch <laughs> That's the way I like it. Did you watch all soccer? Did you watch a little Oscars? Dabble a little bit in Oscars, dabble a little bit in soccer. He was really Some just Netflix. going back and forth about the whole Jason Worlds thing. Well, if you get the yeah. transition <laughs> tagged, maybe another team will sign him. I actually could see that happening, Worlds going to another team. Maybe not. The, the Wikipedia black hole I just went through with uh, transition tags. <laughs> I ended up in, like, Antarctica. It was crazy. Um, All right, let's do some news. Let's do it. All right, there's a lot of, obviously, there's a lot of news going on in San Francisco still. Uh, We've been covering it like a Snuggie, to use a term, uh, Mike Silver, Twitter profile term uh, for the Around the League blog. So let me just go through some of these nuggets. Don't look at each other. I can say things. Not exactly the most current reference there. That is what Silver's Used Twitter profile says. He's even updated that dated reference. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, according to a, a report uh, by the San Francisco Chronicle and Killian, uh, Jim Harbaugh's act has worn thin, and I like this wording that uh, Anne used, with face of the 49ers type players. Uh, what does that mean, and does it mean anything? I don't think it matters that much that some players are getting tired of Jim Harbaugh's act. 
you could find players in every locker room that's tired of a head coach's act. So much of what head coaches do in terms of their speeches and their motivational techniques are ridiculous. They're stupid <laughs> for adults to be buying into some of this stuff. So I think there's always going to be a segment that thinks a coach is corny. I, I so, don't care about that. So either Kaepernick <laughs> or Patrick Willis is fed up with Jim Harbaugh. Or Frank Gore or Justin Smith. They've got a or lot whatever. of faces Vernon in Davis. the franchise. Yeah, Vernon and, Davis. They got a lot of they got a lot of big name guys, but they're, I don't care about that. I think it's a bigger topic. The front office might be fed up with Jim Harbaugh, whether that's the general manager, Trent Baalke, ownership, whatever it is. There's some sort of schism right now. And, but shame on the Niners if they ultimately believe, because I know it's it's been reported or it's been speculated that oh they have enough talent and they they believe in their internal candidates. To just they could potentially replace them and not skip a beat. There, there were a lot of bad years between you know the mid '90s until Harbaugh got there, and since they he's been there, they've averaged 12 wins mm. a year. They went to the NFC title game all three years. They went to the Super Bowl and almost won once. I think this guy is a pretty good coach, and they should deal with his crap until they stop winning. I like your analysis. Thanks, buddy. That's I, good. I agree. People forget they were. Not just bad, they were the laughing stock of the NFL bad. That what? their ownership and the changing of the coaches, everything that was going on in terms of dysfunction, if you had to rank the most dysfunctional f- franchises of the 2000s, there's a strong argument to be made. 49ers are number one. Mike Nolan and Mike Singletary and Dennis Erickson and those, that whole group in a row and the <laughs> fights between the general management and the owner, and everyone, it was ugly. Not only the dysfunction, but the fact that nobody paid them any attention until they did something embarrassing. Right. Mm. They were off the national radar as far as teams in the NFL. They were in the news when Mike Singletary took his pants down to his ankles to make a point at (laughs) halftime. Or when Mike Singletary sent Vernon Davis to the locker room for being disobedient. Can't have it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff, they were a joke. Mike Nolan was even worse. Mike Nolan's tenure was... An oh, embarrassment. God. It must be I wear bad enough. The the <laughs> ultimate ult- empty suit is Mike Nolan. Literally, I wore liked a it suit. at the start, and I then he was empty I within the, the suit. suit. I liked it. I'm a big fan of the suit. I once made a remark about that on Twitter like a year ago, and everybody's like, "He did it in honor of his father." Man, get off his back. You're Whatever. Like stepping in it on Twitter. Lately. Whatever. I think it's like okay. when you're young, and I know this happened to Wes a lot. When you are <laughs> dating a woman that is much too hot for you. And it usually only lasts for a, a short amount Shots of time. Fired. Well, no, I'm saying that's this, absolutely this did happen to us. Absolutely I'm true. Okay. And, but what would yeah. force you to decide sure. to completely <laughs> part ways with this person? If, if if behind the scenes it's so destructive mm. and it's causing such a problem, it's not. Everyone's be- like, why would you ever part ways with that woman? It's, well, there's not is because a you think you can mm. do better. No, it's because the whole structure is crumbling. It's because around it's you. made your life worse by having right. that person. Something in it. is going on with Harbaugh where they're thinking, yes, he is twelve wins a year, but we're but ready. You're to, saying he's he, we're ready to he part ways. He or she is so hot, it's hard <laughs> to. He, he so is the equivalent of like a, a super a hot woman Wait, uh, as a coach. I mean, every, any team so that you don't think he's hot. <laughs> I'm saying he's super hot. But the Niners organization <laughs> okay, is the guy. I'm just making sure I understand. The Niners the organization is the guy, and they're thinking, 
a lot of good his, well, on the surface here, but we're getting tired. For of every it. hot chick, there's a guy somewhere who's tired up, tired of putting up with her stuff. There you go. Well, Albert Breer <laughs> made a good uh, analogy that maybe Jim Harbaugh is going to be the Bill Parcells of this generation. I like that analogy. That he's a guy that comes in, takes over a program, wrecks shop, you know, bangs some cans around, maybe rubs some people the wrong way. Improves the team, and he's gone after five years after a lot of chaos. I mean, one thing in that article that really struck out was the quote where we have thrived under chaos and oh what was it? it? Yeah, tension over the last years. And it's like, wow, there's chaos and tension there. Well, I I read that, and I think that's very interesting. But the difference for me a little bit is that Parcells won two Super Bowls with his first organization mm. before he started his vagabond act. Very true. Other Niners, <laughs> other Niners news. Uh, well, Harbaugh did it in, at Stanford yeah, too. Yeah, this They're, is the NFL. We're not talking. Yeah, we're I agree just with cutting that, Dan off. Sorry, Dan. There was talk that Harbaugh had kind of <laughs> worn out his welcome in Stanford. I'll just wait till you guys are done. Right, but you got to win a championship. That he in the was, NFL. you know, rubbing people the wrong way there, and was it such a dominant personality? And they knew David Shaw, and they were kind of like, okay, we'll see you later. Anquan Bolden is signing a new deal with the San Francisco 49ers. He's not going anywhere. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported Monday that the deal is worth $12 million over two years. Makes a lot of sense, right? Bolden was a really good fit for them. Actually a great fit. Guess he wasn't the face of the franchise player annoyed with the head coach. <laughs> no. <laughs> Could have guessed that. So he settled in as a $6 million a year receiver. That's what he had the last couple of years, too. That's that's Seems pretty good. Sense. They're slow, though. I mean, Michael Crabtree's slow. Anquan Bolden's slow. Vernon that's, Davis is fast. That's two slow wide receivers, though. Would you regard Crabtree as slow before the Achilles? Yes. Really? I mean, below average for an NFL receiver. For an NFL starting receiver, and just in terms of speed, he's not a speed guy. So he's right, he's not a speed threat, but he's year. very good after the catch. I think Patrick made a good point in his post where he said that the last two teams Bolden played for, the Cardinals and the Ravens have sorely missed him. Yeah, thank you for bringing up, Patra. Next time he's on the show, I have a bone to pick with Kevin regarding his Pro Bowl coverage, which oh, is excellent. True. Wow, you've been holding some, on to this for a while. Some, no, I just learned no. about it uh, We have Monday. sources inside the Well, we can say what it is. He, he made a friend. Yeah, I know, but I, we got to get to the – we got to question we'll, him we'll about this. It. Why did he keep it tucked away the way he did? Bolden uh, is one of my favorite – players of the last 10 or 12 years. People thought he was breaking down at the end of his run in Arizona. I mean, hasn't his, his staying power has been awesome that there's really been no fall off. People thought maybe he got overpaid by Baltimore and then got overpaid by San Francisco. And now here he is on another contract. He's a tricky player to judge. People love him as they should. He's, he's a leader on whatever team he goes to. Everybody always says he's the toughest guy on the team. Probably the toughest, physically toughest wide receiver in the league. People want to, like, anoint him as an all-pro type after he has a 200-yard game, and then he'll disappear for five or six weeks. Slow guys age well. You know, if, if you're slow to begin with, it doesn't really matter if you get slower. I mean, he had 1,179 yards last year. I don't think people realize what a monster year that was. Hmm. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported Monday that Colin Kaepernick wants more than $18 million annually from the 49ers in his upcoming contract. He's looking for more than the $18.2 million annually that Jay Cutler received early this year from the Bears, mm. which seems kind of fair, but still, that's a lot of money to a guy that 
still pretty early to tell if he's really the guy. I'd pay it in a second. Right. I think we made the same point when Flacco got paid. It sounds like a lot of money to an average fan, casual fan, but that's what you pay franchise quarterbacks. What are, what's your option? Okay, Kaepernick, you walk. We'll go try to find a quarterback again. You're Who's at- won more big games, Kaepernick or Jay Cutler? Kaepernick. You could almost imagine Kaepernick well, bringing that him up himself, being like, "That guy with yeah, the that's flop fair. tops getting more than me. <laughs> Give me a break." That's why every that's exactly what he'd. That's say. why owners across the league and general managers across the league should have been angry with the Bears when they gave Jay Cutler that contract because that guy is what. Uh, 15th best quarterback in the league. People love to gripe about this stuff. People got mad at Romo's contract. It's a no-brainer. If you have a quarterback, you pay him. I think they're worth 40 or 45 million, even a slightly above average quarterback. So the salary salary cap, cap. right? It keeps it keeps their number down relatively. But aren't they worth more than two? Whoever gets paid nine million dollars in free agency this year, Eugene Monroe and Jairus Bird, you really think those two guys combined are worth a starting quarterback? I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. Kaepernick. I think the question is, if you wanted an alternative, you would just keep drafting guys. That's the only other option. Keep drafting second, third rounders and hope that you find another one. And maybe you just franchise tag Kaepernick a year from now. But why are the truly elite guys, because a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who I believe is making, what, $21 million, something? 24, 25. Why is he? Why is that so close to a guy that... Like well, Cutler. you said it, the cap. I think, it's, I think it's a cap issue. I just feel like why why is the truly elite guy and the goodish guy so close together? Why isn't it more balanced? That's, and why is it that's fair? That's just the way the salary cap's set up. You want to talk about a true apocalyptic because Rogers, future? Go ahead. Well, let's say this Harbaugh thing falls out next season and the team doesn't get its ducks in a row and keep Kaepernick around, which I don't think will ever happen. They're going to sign him. But you lose ha- Harbaugh and Kaepernick in one offseason? Season Bingo. ticket, and, and hey, welcome to our new stadium where nothing of value is. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, we're wildly late, Dan, but this yeah, is you guys good, are a bunch of chatty Cathy. This today. is a good time for it. Is anyway, do you guys even taking the contract out of it? Are you confident Kaepernick is going to be a top ten quarterback in three, four years? That he's that that guy. After last year, what what is your thought? I I have some doubts on him. I'm not on the Jaworski train where he's going to be the best quarterback in history. But I think the people who doubt him as a franchise quarterback are silly. People who call him a run-first quarterback, he's not that. I I don't think he's Andrew Luck. I think he's better than – I'd be more much more comfortable with him than Jay Cutler. I wonder what they serve in the beverage car of the Jaworski train. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> a variety of do drinks, you, I would imagine. Do you, do you see him? Do you see Kaepernick? I don't know if any. I are, would have. Wait a if I'm their GM, I would have no problem aligning him as a top ten type quarterback in terms of pay and going forward with that risk. I, I don't think he's he has right, issues in not, his game. That's not what I'm asking though. Do you? Yeah, I think I think he projects out that way. I mean, as as a guy, as a completely raw guy who hadn't even started, he came in and. I thought he did an out, outrageous do- job winning that Atlanta playoff game, taking he's him to been, the Super Bowl. He's been transcendent in some postseason moments. Let's, but let's also be fair. If we're going to say that, we also have to remember that three turnovers in the fourth quarter of the NFC title game. Just and one of the no, you're right. He's and young. one he's of the young. best touchdown passes I've ever seen. I, it's fair I, too. Well, let's say Dan, he goes to the. He's on the Jets. Would you have a problem paying him eighteen million a year? No, no. no I, of course, I'm taking the money out of it. I agree. You just pay him the money. I'm just saying, it seems like a lot of money. You know, it, it, that's it, fine, and I agree with Dan. It, there should be more of a middle class, right? It, it's really that Aaron Rodgers and Brady and Manning are underpaid. I right. think that's fair. But but none of us can confidently 
stand on the table and say Kaepernick's definitely that top ten guy, which is, I think that's interesting. I don't know if I'm totally convinced so he's that guy. So what does yet. that mean? That we can't say that. No, he's I, still I, worth the money. Yeah, I I'm taking that out of it. I'm just saying he's not really at that point where we're that confident he's an elite type of quarterback. That, I, oh, I just used the e word. I hate that. <laughs> but. Uh, that we're not totally convinced he's that guy. A year ago, I would have been more confident. If you want me to name the quarterbacks I'd rather have than him, I'd be happy to. But it might take a while, and it might be for another <laughs> podcast. But I'd be happy to say which quarterbacks are better. All right, July 12th. <laughs> All right. That's the podcast. We'll do this. <laughs> well, we're here. Do you want to do it? Why don't you go through it right now? <laughs> it's going to be hard off the top <laughs> of my head. Over, do, you know. Manning, Brady, who might be out of, the league by the t- out of the league by the time we, we're done with this thing. But Breeze, Rodgers. Well, Rodgers would be number one, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, Big Ben, Rivers, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Matt Ryan. That might be about it. All at their Cam. ages today. You'd want them today for the rest of their careers. Cam Kaepernick's and Kaepernick 10. in the same category. I'd probably take Cam over Kaepernick, but they're so close. Kaepernick, 10th ten, best quarterback. They're about 10. Yeah, he's about the 10 11 range. It's fair. Uh, NFL Media's Judy Batista had an interesting uh, feature today where she uh, reported that the NFL Competition Committee, which is has been in Florida talking about potential proposals to send to the owners this year, um, are discussing the possibility of pushing the point, af- point after touchdown, the extra point, to the 25-yard line, which would make it a 42-yard attempt. Right now it's ball set at the 2, making it a 19- or 20-yard attempt. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? It's a long extra point. I think it's spicy. I like Anything I like to it. make the game more interesting. Isn't it a so little bit kind of taste too much though? I like spicy, why too tasty? much? Yeah. What what is How our thirty five? What is our attraction to the current extra point? No, the current extra point we've outgrown it. I think that the kickers are so um, advanced now, and the conditions, and the fields, and the and the, the everything about the NFL has progress, progressed past extra points. But a forty two yard field goal to me, and forty to forty nine yard field goals last year were converted. I believe it was eighty three percent. Eighty three percent of the time, that I mean, I now we're getting it crazy. Yeah, I like it. That's why you locked down Nick Falk. You know, just, you oh, know. yeah, because it's so hard bit. to find a kick. Oh. It's in five years. And now Alex Barron commits a false start penalty, and you're back to a forty seven yard da- extra point downstairs. I mean, Dan is. I didn't. <laughs> That's know. a great call, though. Yeah. One false start, and it's a forty seven year old yard kick. <laughs> well, a personal foul. All of a sudden, it's a bomb outside fifty. It is a little so crazy, but. Da- Dan, now we're, now we're having fun. I didn't ever knew that Dan was such a traditionalist. If Dan was back in the 1920s, he'd be like, "This forward pass, this is a terrible." Keep idea. the watermelon ball. Yeah, let, let, <laughs> lady <laughs> folk voting, no sir. <laughs> no, but I no. Listen, it, it's just to me. All right, think about it this way. It's think good. about the example I, I I said earlier. All right, Mark, I, I love using the Browns as an example. Late in a the game, they, uh, they needed to keep their playoff hopes alive. They marched 98 yards down the field, an amazing gutsy drive. They convert four fourth downs to get in the end zone. They tie the Steelers up if they hit the extra point. And you push the extra point from 42 yards. Oh, and by the right. way, it's in Cleveland where it's negative 8 degrees with negative a 72 wind chill. You push the extra point so you lose so and your season's over. And I'm, hanging, 
you I'm know. hanging on the edge of my chair because I'm hanging on the edge of my chair because this extra point means everything. Right. Whereas right. Right. for the extra point in a game before that, you'd be like, ah, oh, the extra point. Ninety-eight point's yard drive—that's the Broncos, the Browns, but too so, much. So what Dan wants is an extra point that's automatic, that there's no drama no, to it. I say this is reductive much, thinking. I'm fine, totally getting rid of the extra point, which was the whole idea of what is this? If, the future? What is this? Like twenty fifty-seven? It, it's either eight <laughs> What's points. What's wrong with this game? Or six points, but if the choice is keep the system as it is now, which is pointless, or add this 42-yardy, I like it. But if it's a 20-yard field goal and they're proposing potentially 42, what is wrong with a 35? Why do we need to get fancy about this? What if we propose a 57 and then meet in the middle at 42? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Dan's like, this is too much excitement, too much tension. (laughs) We can't have excitement. You don't love the game the way I love the game, apparently. (laughs) I love the purity of the great game that Vince Lombardi loved. And I'm on the side of Lombardi. So there you go. <laughs> I love that the NFL stands alone among sports and that if they can find a way to make it more exciting, they do. That's and they very true of that. You know what else? You I know like another the- game made a lot of changes? The XFL. Should we just start doing <laughs> stuff like that? Like place the ball at the 50 and then two idiots run at each other yeah. to get the ball? No, Are we going to do that because it's more fun? Adam I mean, Carolla has the idea to do a trident where you try to hit yeah, one in not? the hit something in the middle of the <laughs> goalpost and that's like three or that's like another point I like that. that's exciting I like that. that I like you know what I mean do it and you uh, have another pole in the middle you, if you go for the middle one you hit it right on you get another extra point on top there should be two poles in the middle with a really skinny zone there right that would yeah. be fun too well yeah then you, it's like a pitch you guys fork. could turn it into rock and jock football go ahead I like my NFL the way I like my NFL. That never, that never a sore spot with Dan here, which <laughs> yeah. I, like in all the years of knowing him, never would have you know, detected existed. <laughs> well, my team just franchised the kicker, so it's really like... Did you used to prefer it when people used hay, hay as thigh pads? <laughs> yes, I did. I hated it. <laughs> all right. Before we go today, we figured it's always fun to slip back into the lab because... Gold standard, you know, people love the lab. People love the scientists getting at each other. And uh, let's go downstairs. We're heading into the lab. <laughs> All right. There we are. Mark, are you behind me? Oh, there you are. Yeah. We are now in the lab downstairs. Ooh, hear that? We're going to talk a little bit about the <laughs> top ten wide receivers. Uh, uh, the free agency primer that's up on our website. This was written by Chris Wessling, the post we have up today, but this is a list that was compiled by Greg and Wes together, right? Yes. All right. Mark, do you want to uh, go over that list or read out the uh, top ten? All right, let's do it real quick. In in a uh, in a class of their own, according to Chris Wessling. Mm. That, is, those were his words exactly. Yes, that's okay. the subheading. Class of their own, Eric Decker and Hakeem Nix. Moving down to the solid starter category, we've got at the top Golden Tate, followed by James Jones, Julian Edelman, and Emmanuel Sanders. Wait, can we can we put the yeah? Let's stay down there. We're still down here in the bubble in the bubbles. We didn't leave. We're still down there. (laughs) Gold standard. All right, go ahead. In the final heat, starters with questions, according to oh, that's the professor Wesley, or I guess scientist Wesley, not professor doctor. Sidney Rice. If he can still function physically. <laughs> Followed by Andre wow. Roberts. Sidney Rice is on this list. This is yeah. grim. This is ugly. It goes to Kenny Britt and then Ted Ginn. <laughs> Questions is right. Wesseling's Britt obsession has officially gone <laughs> off the tracks that he somehow made a starters with questions. 
yeah. That's a lot of questions. What I, are the questions? Am I am I crazy? Like that's that makes no well, sense. That's a good point. I I did I did <laughs> it's a bad heading. That's an insult to Kenny. Ken. Put Kenny Britt ahead of Jacoby Ford. I mean, who would you want in there without Kenny Britt? Well, I, I don't like the heading starters with questions. Well, you're the boss. Go change it. All right. <laughs> oh, the scientists. There's no no level loss here. Is there is there any way we look back on this group and we say, I can't believe we ever thought Eric Decker was better than Hakeem Nix? Sure. There's a chance we do that. If, if Hakeem Nix ever gets his legs back, then we would say that. And if Decker lands, as, we, as you've said before, with the wrong type of team that overpays for him, he will vanish. Well, let's let's throw it to you two, Dan and Mark. I know you don't have your lab. You do wear lab coats, actually. Yeah, well, well we wear hard hats always and safety goggles as you, well as our coats. You root for NFL franchises that play football that have a need at wide receiver. Would you rather have your team sign Decker or Knicks? Uh, well, is the money... It's comparable. Comparable. Well, let's say Nick's a little less because he should be less. If it's comparable, I'm going with Der- Decker just because I thought, I don't know, I didn't get a good vibe from Nick's in those last two years of the Giants. <laughs> Even beyond the injuries, I didn't really like how he kind of handled, carried himself um, in the media and kind of just got a little bit of bad vibe. So I like, I'd give Decker a shot. I want to see Dan's big board for free agency, all the measurables like hands, <laughs> strength, vibe. <laughs> no, doesn't get a check in the vibe category. No, vibe is incredibly important in life, in all factors of life. Uh, I, I have a tough time with Decker in Cleveland, if that's what you're asking me. If they were to take Sammy Watkins number four, mm. have a quarterback, have Gordon and Decker, and it all worked out, which is far-fetched. I like Decker. Otherwise, I go Knicks. Let me ask When's you. Cl- so you like Hakeem- him only if he's a number three wide receiver. When's That's the last time Hakeem Knicks made a play? Because I can tell you when Eric Decker was making plays. I just think that Decker is the guy that we're going to look back on. I hope I'm wrong for his sake and the sake of his uh, precious well, family. Eric so, Decker gets no respect in this podcast studio. It's fair, or in the Wes, laboratory. Say that. But I will tell you that you also said yourself, Wes, where, do the, where are the Giants if Hakeem Knicks isn't on that Super Bowl team, that second Super Bowl team? You know where they are? Where, where they've been the last two years. Right. Well, With him not right, making any physically. plays. Maybe, yeah. maybe, we're, maybe I'm becoming one of those general managers that evaluates these free agents based on what they did in college. Maybe Hakeem Nix, that guy from a couple years ago that I thought was going to be a top five wide receiver. And if we had been placing bets after 2011, who is more important? Who's going to get signed first, Nix or Cruz? You would have definitely thought it would be Hakeem Nix. Nix at full health. It's one of the top five or six wide receivers Woo! in the NFL. Ow! He was. That's who we want. But Ow! he's not that guy anymore. Okay. And even when he was at full health, it was only for a few games at a time. He's had hip, ankle, knee, thigh. Every part of your leg you could possibly go wrong. Knicks has had multiple instances. So you're with saying all it's not just that he's been banged up. You think he's breaking down at age 26 or whatever. I'm saying like. even if he gets healthy and ever shows playmaking ability again, He'll probably get injured shortly thereafter. I guess where I'm coming from is I don't view either as a guy I want to go Crazy. tout around as my big wide receiver signing, and then, hey, we're going to center our passing game around this guy. Neither one of them. Let me ask one more question off this top ten list. In the much maligned subhead stars with questions, uh, Sidney Rice, Andre Roberts, Kenny Britt, Ted Ginn, choose one of that list that will actually become – a big time playmaker this year, who would most likely to surprise. I would, 
I, if I had to give, I would give none of them a long-term deal, but I would like to add Roberts to the to a team and see what he can do. I, I the the rest of them all feel, if they're not locker room cancer type material, they are just too far Easy gone. There. The only one that's like that is Britt, right? I mean, there's Britt. I cannot fathom how I would be hired Let's by not... a team to add Britt to my roster. I would. I should. City be... Rice is probably in Switzerland right now, having his knees replaced. So I, I'm that, not saying I mean... locker room cancer for all of them, but like with Rice, there's major health issues. It's a giant question mark. We talk about Hakeem Nicks making sense for the Panthers. What about? Sidney Rice from North Carolina, a, went to school at South Carolina. If he can play for more than four I games a, a season, that's the issue. I take a shot with Rice as a two or three, and the price is going to be right. He might be a lot less expensive than guys like Tate. What do you think? Do you think Sidney Rice is going to get paid a lot? I don't know. I no, don't, I don't think he's no going to get paid a lot. No. no, I think he's going to get a one-year deal, and it'll probably be for one to two million. That's I fair. don't think any of these guys are going to get paid a lot. Tate, and I agree Tate might... Jones, Edelman, and Sanders—they're not going to get that much money. They're nice role players. Someone might pay for Sanders. I think I opinions are all too. over the map on him in the NFL. And I agree with Mark on Andre Roberts. If someone would have told you last year at this time that Edelman was a better player than Andre Roberts, you would have asked what they were smoking. You would have gotten answers too. This is what, <laughs> maybe this one is of what, the maybe that's the sound in the background right now. <laughs> <that's true. laughs> this is what people do in the NFL. It's what did you do last year? Everyone assumes that 2013 stats will carry over, and they don't. That's not how the NFL works. Well, maybe then James Jones could be a touchdown did, leading type of guy. Did you know that James Jones, for as bad a year as he had, I think he had a career high in yards. James Jones was okay. He's product. He doesn't have he's, great hands. He stopped ooh. separating halfway through the year, and it's not really his fault. He had a torn PCL. Around the leagues, Dan Hansis will be speaking with James Jones at NFL Network Studios on Tuesday, and I'll report back to you guys what I get out of him. I like James <laughs> Jones, and I think he'll make for a great signing. You can tell him I said that. I will. I'll let him know. He that. was wearing some fancy orange pants. I, I thought believe. they were like gold. Mm, it was like, gold. please, I Packers, had... don't give up on Looked me. Looked like he was selling sherbet. <laughs> I'm colorblind, so. Oh, that's, that's right. Let's that's not sad. bring that up anymore. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go upstairs. We're going to leave the lab. What is this? Who's, uh, who's in charge of upkeep down there, by the way? Well, that's a mystery. Oh, that's I think these guys, I don't think when you have Lyle. two sort of mad oh, scientists Lyle. operating, right? People, there's, there's people have been a... asking where Lyle's been. We put him in the lab. Should right. we let people know where, what Lyle is all about? Right. He is an ogre that's been hanging out <laughs> in the lab too long. Some strange things growing off of his head. It's just, we have to keep him out of public. That's why he's always messed everything up. <laughs> um, all right. Before we go, Wes, real quick update on the map. Oh, I meant, I meant to order it last night. I'll order right. it. I, will, I promise you it will be ordered. What is ordered. the map for, for our listeners? Well, we have all these listeners from different points of the globe, a lot from United Kingdom, Australia. We've had some Finland. We've even said German. German, African. We have people from all over. So I'm going to buy a map. We're going to put it in the podcast studio, place pins in all of the places where people have told us they're from. You said this was a off-season project. We are now we're in the off-season. I'm just at a certain point in results are you know you. Expect. Well, I was told that this was a post combine project. Mm. We are now post combine. I will. I promise you. Moving I will the order. Goalposts. Told that. <laughs> Who were you told that by? <laughs> Greg. <laughs> he made it clear this is post combine. If Wesleyan's gonna be late delivering something, I'm ra- I'd rather it be this than <laughs> the free agent primers. That's so fair. That's okay. I will order it tonight, and uh, I will, you know, I'm an Amazon Prime member. I'll have it 
delivered as soon as possible. Wes, we'll have it in there. As you may or may not know, does not shop. He refuses to. Everything done online. He is a man of the future. You, you know like why I don't a demolition shop? Demolition man, man type figure. You know yes. why I don't shop? Because there's people out there. They're the worst. <laughs> I like that you wear this Amazon Prime membership like you're like a select member of an elite club that no one else could be. It's like having a you black Amex or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's like me and Wilford Brimley. Do you get paid for each reference? No. <laughs> I could I could see if the podcast ever truly took off and became famous and then it eventually disappeared through the sands of time and Wes would be able to milk his celebrity to do like, you know, every once in a while you'll see like Wilford Brimley. Like selling gold coins, I could yeah. see West doing some type of commercial, hawking coins as the former ATL. <laughs> do I strike you host. as a man who would be happy to do a commercial? Yes, I don't think I'm, do. I don't think I'm a commercial guy. You'd, You'd be do. a changed person at that point, though. That's true. You Beaten kind of resemble a young Wilfred Bidley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment. <laughs> wow. Uh, on that note, time to beat us. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, uh, we will be back on Wednesday, as we always are. We'll continue to talk about free agency, which is getting closer and closer every day, um, and any other news and, you know, whatever else is happening. Until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, the gold standard behind the glass, and uh, Lyle, the intern down in the dungeon lab. Until Wednesday. My job is to buy, I get things done. What is that? 